And good morning, Mike Broomhead. You know, I don't think you needed to come in that early this morning. We already did your show prep. Yeah, you did. But I, you do that a lot for me. And I've been stealing from you guys for three years now. So that was a, that was a great interview. I'm going to start there with Oh, yeah. With it was Ruben. really interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. You know, as a poli- it seems like we never get out of an election cycle. And I think he's right on the money saying if he's going to run, now's the time. So good for him. That, that was a great interview. We're going to play it. Thanks, Jamie. Uh, we're going to play some of this, of course. Representative Ruben Gallego, the Democrat, is uh, is running uh, for the Senate seat currently held by independent Kirsten Cinema. Made his announcement this morning. We start there on this Monday. Uh, this hour, we're also going to talk about the huge border numbers as more statistics are coming in about the time that President Biden has been in office. The vice president of the United States, who was tasked as the borders are, was just in Arizona late last week, saying that although I'm not going to the border today, it remains a very good, big priority. We're going to look into that. We're going to look into what the numbers say. But we start with uh, Congressman Ruben Gallego making his announcement and talking this morning in his first radio interview since announcing with uh, KTAR News, Arizona's Morning News. And here's what he said. They asked, uh, he was asked, what tipped the scales for you in deciding to do this? It really was my, my family uh, being supportive uh, of, of this endeavor. Look, when you run, you're not running alone. You're basically taking your whole family with you. And you know, they have to sacrifice. You have to sacrifice time uh, away from them. But when you talk to them about, when I talk to them about why I wanted to do this, why it was important for you know people of Arizona for me to do this, they were supportive. And that, that really made the biggest difference. So talking about his family, he's good to talk to Arizonans. And I'll, I'll share a little bit more when he talked about Arizonans. But when asked why announce now. They're sort of about changing parties, like change the dynamic. But at the same time, it allows me to do one thing, which I think is amazing. I'm going to get to meet so many Arizonans. I'm going to go to all parts of Arizona so I can actually talk to the people of Arizona, figure out where they are, what they need. You know, talk to them about actually having representative government, a center that actually talks to them, meets with them. Uh, and so on the benefits of that, you know, yeah, it, it's long, uh, but, you know, it, it actually ends up being better in terms of being able to, to really get down into what, what the core of politics is supposed to be is, you know, politicians being responsive to citizens. And that's interesting because I would say that Senator Sinema has been responsive, just maybe not to the Democrats, to the Democratic Party. So as we've watched kind of the fracturing of, and I don't know if it's a fracture on both sides or not, but there is definitely a rift within the Republican Party that's been very, very, very public. Um, when you hear the term rhino being used by candidates all the time and elected officials and that rock throwing going on be- behind, well, well, I wouldn't even say sometimes the more moderate Republicans, the Republicans that didn't believe that election integrity and a stolen election in 2020 was the number one issue. I will tell you that I don't know of a Republican. I don't know of anyone, but I'm speaking specifically of the re- Republican Party. I don't know of any Republican that is not concerned about election integrity, that wants to make sure that it's easy to vote and hard to cheat. The question is whether or not in 2022, the number one issue for voters in Arizona was a stolen election in 2020. And that was where the rift was, but it has become vitriolic. There's no doubt that on both sides of this of this argument of this fight, that there is a divide within the Republican Party. I would also say there is a divide within the Democrat Party. And the reason why I would say that is because if you look at what Senator Sinema has done, she has angered her party. They didn't like the fact that she went against her own party with the with the killing of the filibuster. She went against her party on some other things. And so they censured her and they said they were very angry with her. But that now begs the question, is Congressman Gallego – is he too far left for Arizona? He was asked that this morning, and here's how he responded. Pundits uh, don't reflect Arizona voters. 
uh, at the end of the day, when I talk about my values, when I talk about the American dream and how everybody deserves that right, to have the opportunity to American dream, I think that's going to communicate a lot more than these stupid labels. And that is, uh, I will say that that is a page out of Senator Sinema's book. Now, the danger is this. The danger is, of course, if you're a Democrat, if you're looking at this from, or if you're a left-leaning voter, that Ruben Gallego is not going to steal votes away from a Republican candidate. He is definitely going after Senator Sinema, believing if it was a freestanding election just between the two of them, that he could win. But you have to factor in somehow, you have to factor in that the Republicans are going to stand up a candidate. The Republicans are going to stand up a candidate. And if you look back to the election when Bill Clinton beat George H.W. Bush, Bush 41, when he beat him for the presidency, it was because there was a guy running named Ross Perot. Ross Perot ran for the presidency because of the tax increase after the broken promise of no new taxes by George H.W. Bush. So he ran as an independent or a third-party candidate, siphoning enough votes from the current president and President Bush 41, and Bill Clinton won. Now, he won a second term, and he became loved by the Democratic Party. But when he first took office, there were doubts that he could do the job. If you can look up the old Time Mag, I believe it was Time Magazine cover, not big enough for the job. There was, I think that was the headline, it, it showed, you know, a, a, it showed Bill Clinton about one inch tall on the page of the magazine. So those were questions going in. It wasn't as if he was beloved from the very beginning. And he did get across that finish line as the winner because Ross Perot didn't get enough votes to win. And he siphoned enough votes from Bush 41. That's the concern here for a lot of people right now is that Congressman Gallego, and I'm not saying this is a reason you shouldn't run. I'm pointing out the obvious in politics that Congressman Gallego is getting to work now because he realizes he's going to be up against two candidates and one of them is dissimilar from the other two. There are some issues where Senator Sinema and Senator, I'm sorry, Congressman Gallego, Senate hopeful Gallego, the two of them are in lockstep on many issues. So their differences are going to have to be highlighted by uh, by Congressman Gallego. So he goes on to talk about his fight and how he will fight for Arizona. I am lucky. Like, I have this great story. Uh, and there was ups and downs in that story. You know, uh, losing my friends, dealing with PTSD. But I always believed at the end of the day in the American dream that I was going to make it through. My fear right now is that there's a lot of Arizonans who don't feel that way anymore. They feel like they've been abandoned by the government. They feel that the future is not as bright as it should be. And I want to make sure that I'm fighting for them because they do have that. They do have that opportunity. They should have the opportunity. And when I fight for them and they truly feel that, I think that's where we're going to have the response at the voting booth that really matters. So the other thing, the other place he's fighting an uphill battle, in my opinion, is that in 2024, President Biden most likely will be up for reelection unless he decides not to run for reelection. It's been a lot of the economic policies of this president. And we live in a border state. Now, uh, he has not spelled out his plans nor his stance on the border. How critical is he willing to be of the Biden administration on the border issue? Because one area where Senator Sinema remains very, very popular with Arizona voters is is her stance saying she was raised, which is all true. She was raised in southern Arizona. She's been seeing this problem for decades. She does say that no administration has fixed the problem, but she has been very critical of the lack of enforcement and the lack of planning from the Biden administration, even when it was her own party. Even Senator Kelly has been 
somewhat critical of the Biden administration and their handling of the border. If And this is where it, it gets, I guess, politically interesting. Um, I will say this about Congressman Gallego. There is a lot about him to respect. The fact that he is a Marine, the fact that he served this country. You know, I've had conversations with him. He used to be my, my congressman when I lived in his district before redistricting and uh, before I moved as well. And uh, Congressman Gallego is a, is an affable, very likable, very um, eloquent speaker, and uh, none of that is necessarily qualification other than to say people like him when he speaks, and he is able to convey a message in a way that brings people along. Whether and I don't, I don't agree with the message. Let's be honest. You know where I stand politically. I'm just trying to point out from an observation standpoint the battle lines that will be drawn between Congressman Gallego and Senator Cinema, um, because you've got two people that a have good name ID. Now, Representative Gallego maybe not around the rest of the state, but that will change by the time. 2024 rolls around. He will have a statewide platform. He is going to have huge support from the Democratic Party in Arizona and outside of Arizona because there are a lot of Democrats around the country upset with uh, Senator Sinema for not standing tall with the party um, when she was a Democrat. So in that sense, you know that this is going to be a fight. At the same time, Senator Cinema won a race in a state where we hadn't had a Republican or I'm sorry, a Democrat senator in a very, very long time. And she was able to win uh, a very tough election and hold the Senate seat. And what she has done is won over a lot of those independent voters. We can never, ever, ever, ever discount independent voters. In Maricopa County, they are the number one voter demographic, independent voters. They are still number two over Democrats across the state, and they also are the fastest growing demographic of registered voters. So we can't ever not look at that where Senator Sinema can say, I'm independent just like Arizona. You voted for me once. You know, I, I went after my own party sometimes. I'm not <clears throat> necessarily been a friend of the Republicans, and I just think that this is going to be a battle we all have to watch. And the fly in the ointment right now, of course, is, and the unknown, is who? Who will the Republicans run? Who will win the nomination? Who will win the primary? Because I guarantee you it's going to be a full primary. You're going to see a bunch of Republicans vying for that opportunity to run against both of those candidates in the United States Senate. Very interesting dynamic. In a moment, we got to shift to the border. We're going to talk about the number of gotaways and explain what that is. People crossing the border on the terror watch list and what's being done and what's being said by the administration. We'll do that in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. Appreciate you spending some time with the Mike Broomhead Show. As always, staggering numbers about the U.S. southern border. Uh, just a couple of the headlines start there. Illegal border crossing surge to the highest of Biden's term. Border agents confirm 1.2 million gotaway migrants under the Biden administration. Um, here's an interesting headline. Arizona will bus and fly migrants from state under new Democratic Governor Katie Hobbs. Uh, Arizona is continuing to move migrants out of the state's border communities and to other destinations in the U.S., the governor stated Friday. The program has expanded from buses to include the option of chartered air travel via a 737 aircraft, according to a state contract signed January 14th. Here is a quote. It's something that provides support to those local communities, according to the governor. 
If we're spending money on bus to bus people, why not just get them to their final destination? Um, a follow-up statement, Press Secretary Jocelyn Berry said the new administration is taking a different tack from Governor Ducey. We're sending migrants to cities they actually need to go to and be connected with their sponsors, and we're doing it in a more cost-effective way by looking at all the travel options, not just buses. So um, I will just say it was seen as evil under the previous administration. Uh, now it's kinder and it's the kinder, gentler um, Moving of, of, of migrants. But what it shows is the same problem. Border cities are overwhelmed across the southern border, including Yuma, Arizona, and including places like Del Rio, Texas, and McAllen, Texas, and other border cities across the southern border. And what we are seeing is it isn't able to stand the way it is. Um, we know that New York City um, is saying it's still untenable. New York City to use Brooklyn Cruise Terminal to house asylum seekers. Our city is at its breaking point, according to the mayor of New York. So this problem, I don't care what political party you're from, and you can, you know, that's where the political criticism comes in. And if you remember, Governor Ducey, Governor Abbott, Governor DeSantis, all evil. All using migrants and abusing migrants, and now what we're doing is we're using your tax dollars to bus and fly them to their final destination, and it is it is exacerbating the problem. If that's exactly what they're doing, then everybody knows. You don't think that the word gets out there now that that story's out that – Migrants don't know that if you go to Arizona – now, if you go to Texas, Governor Abbott is going to bus you somewhere. If you go to Arizona, they'll fly you wherever you want to go. This is part of the problem. Again, I understand the need and the desire for a better life. We all understand it. But what are the actual – what are the actual solutions? And helping people break the law has never been a solution. It never has been. Now, here is something that's a little bit controversial, and it's something that I don't know if it's going to happen, but it does tell you about the plight of border cities and about people's attention to what's happening at our southern border. Support building for Republican resolution to authorize military force against Mexican drug cartels. Eviscerate those behind the fentanyl crisis. So Republican congressman introduced a resolution earlier this month to authorize American military action against the terrorist drug cartels that have overwhelmed the Mexican government. Government forces and trafficked the number one killer of adults, um, trafficked the number one killer of adults 18 to 45 into the United States. That, of course, is fentanyl. So, is this going to happen? I would say I doubt it, especially in the short term. The idea that the American military is going to go into a sovereign country like this openly and begin a fight against the cartels. But if you remember, there was a time when, uh, going back in history, if you remember Pablo Escobar. And the Medellin cartel had gotten so powerful and so violent against not only the citizens of that country, but against the government of that country that the U.S. was brought in. And they were supposed to be training Colombian forces. And we're talking about special forces were brought in and they were supposed to be training the Colombian forces and how to stand up to the drug cartels in Colombia because it had gotten so bad. They were so outgunned. They were so outmanned that they had the trade. They wanted to bring in special Special forces to train Colombians. Now, the Americans were not supposed to be leaving the area they were in. They certainly weren't supposed to go out on on missions or on maneuvers. They were supposed to stand back and be nothing more than teachers. 
Well, we also know that it didn't end that way, that it didn't stay that way. And the Colombian government, to a certain extent, turned its, uh, you know, kind of turned its back on what they were doing and allowed them because they were so overwhelmed with the problem. Will that happen with the Mexican government? I have no idea. But I will say this. The Mexican people deserve a sovereign and prosperous prosperous country. It is critical to U.S. national security to have a stable and prosperous Mexico to our south. They are our neighbors. They are a huge trading partner. The Mexican people are good people. This is a good nation of hardworking, industrious people that are being overwhelmed by drug cartels. And at some point, someone is going to have to intervene and say, you are, you know, if whether it's the Mexican government says we can't do it alone, but do you open your borders to a military to come in and help solve your problems? Or do we start seeing training missions? Do we start seeing Mexican troops and Mexican police officers being flown to America to train? Or do we have Mexican, uh, I'm sorry, American special ops troops going into Mexico to train their people? Either way, we are seeing this follow what we saw once before in Colombia years ago. Go back and watch some of those uh, documentaries about Pablo Escobar and then take a look at what's happening in Mexico right now. Different drug, same same kind of evolution. Coming up in a moment, we have Gatos. He joins us, and it's the Big Q poll question of the day. The Gatos Big Q poll question brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, good morning, Gatos. Oh, listen to you. You're all chipper. I like to hear that. Well, yeah. It was a good weekend. Well, football weekend. It's a good weekend because the Cowboys lost. Yeah, well, let's 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 be honest. You're 100% right about that. I'm 100% right about that. Yes, yeah. you are. Uh, yeah, pretty good weekend for football. And now we got, uh, you know, the Phoenix Open coming very soon. And then the Super Bowl is going to be here. It's going to be very busy. Do you like the golf tournament? Sure. You know what? This time of year is always good, but when the Super Bowl's here, it's another element. You've got Barrett Jackson, Russo and Steele, those big auto auctions going on. Yeah. Then we've got the the WM Phoenix Open, which is always huge. Right. And the Super Bowl. I mean, it's like, it is, I love it. If you're a sports person or an adventure person, this stuff is cool. Yeah, it's great. Uh, You know, you don't even have to like golf to go to the Open. It's just fun. You know, I've been... Six or seven times in the last 10 years. Okay. And honestly, I swear this is true. I've watched three minutes of golf. Yeah. I, I, it's I'm that not, good of a party. Um, yeah, I'm not big on golf. Uh, it's, I it's am. It's not one of my favorite sports. You but know what's funny? I like to watch it more than I like to play it. I can't play it. Yeah. That's yeah. why I like to watch it. I like to play it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know what? There's something for everybody at the Open. That's yeah. the coolest thing. There's something for everybody. You could you could uh, not watch a second of golf and have the greatest time. Or, you know, like Chad. Chad loves golf. He's going to go. He's going to park himself. He's going to watch golf, and, and that's what he's going to do. So, it's, yeah, it's, it's fun. What's great about it is it's, it's such an Arizona-centric event. Everybody in the world knows of it if they like golf. But the money that the Thunderbirds raise that stays right here in Arizona for the Arizona-based uh, nonprofits yep. is absolutely incredible. I've talked to the guys. I had a friend who was chairman one year, and I've talked to a lot of the guys about it, and they all talk about how fun it is when it's all over, when all the crowds have left and all the work is done to sit in that room and write those checks. That's pretty That's cool. Pretty, that is very cool. Yeah. You're going to go uh, sit in the bougie seats again for I three? don't know. I don't know if I am or not, because <laughs> I, I'm like you. I don't go unless I have a hookup. There you go. And I don't ask my friends for hookups. I wait until they offer them. 
Yeah, I ask everybody. Uh, see, That's I why don't. they're my friends. Yeah, see, I wait. <laughs> and uh, so I get to go on the new boxes in 17 or sometimes on 16. Oh. It, is, it, it is luxurious for oh. sure. It's good. I'm with you. Let's 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 get some free tickets and go. All right, let's do it. What do you got for a question? Well, we're not killing anybody in Arizona anymore. We're not. Uh, I saw this. Yeah, uh, Arizona AG Chris Mays put a hold on executions until a review of death penalty protocols are completed and reviewed by Governor Hobbs. Do you agree with this? Yes. No. No. We're not doing anything wrong. We stopped for eight years to make sure that we got it right. And yep. then we started up last year and we got I like to say we went three for three. Yeah. I, I, I like the I like the question. I don't see why we're stopping it for a review when we we're doing it right. I, I don't understand it. I hope this is quick. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm guessing that Mays and Hobbs are against the death penalty. Well, fine, that's all well and good. Yeah, but you live in Arizona, and that's what we have here. You can't just shut it down. Amen. All right, great question. I'll talk to you tomorrow. See you, man. All right, Gatos. The BQ poll question of the day is brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Coming up after nine o'clock, we talk about the economy. It should be interesting. Um, will your tax fund refund be lower this year and why next?